and welcome to Creativity Uncovered. My name is Abby Gatling and I am on a journey to uncover how everyday people find inspiration, get inventive and open their imagination. Basically, I want to know how people find creative solutions at home, work, play and everything in between. My goal for this podcast is that by the end of it, you'll be armed with a whole suite of tried and tested ways to summon creativity the next time that you need it. Today is another solo episode and I want to talk to you about the very first memories that you have about being creative, good or bad. And I think it's important to do this because Thinking about it can help you understand your relationship with creativity and it can help you make a plan to get back on track if you want more of it in your life. So I'm going to share a small part of my story, but I also want to invite you to share yours too. I do have earlier memories uh, than this one about loving creativity However, this story is about the first time I felt recognized for my creative skill. It made me feel welcome and a part of a community. And it was really the first time that I can remember feeling like creativity was going to be a part of my life moving forward. So I was in year four, so about age eight or nine, and I was really feeling like a fish out of water. My family and I, we had just moved to Australia after living overseas in Belgium and in England for a number of years. And so this was my very first experience of the Australian schooling system. And let me tell you, everything was different. (laughs) I had gone from writing with an ink pen in my school in Brussels to having to get a pen license in order to write with anything other than pencil. Now, if you haven't come across what a pen license is, it is this crazy thing that they do in Queensland schools and perhaps elsewhere where if in order for you to be able to write with a pen, you had to pass a test and Of course, I never got my pen license because I am a lefty and I couldn't help but smudge my ink all the time. So I never passed my exam. And this is crazy because, you know, we had been using ink pens (laughs) for years prior to that. Anyway, everything was different. Even the math was different. And, you know, did you know that there are different types of tallying around the world? And what I previously learned is nothing like it is done here in Queensland. My frame of reference for culture, music and TV was so different. I felt like an alien. I didn't know who the Wiggles were. I didn't know about the Nutbush or the Birdie Dance. Oh, and even the food was different. (laughs) I remember one time a kid standing up and announcing to the class that I didn't know what a sarkata is. <laughs> and to anyone who's tuning in from overseas, a sarkata is just a cracker. It is no big deal, but it seemed like a massive thing at the time. And, you know, all these differences when trying to make friends, it just makes it a little bit harder. 
But, you know, none of that really mattered too much because I do come from a big family. I am one of eight kids. And in big families, your friends are built in. We are super tight as a family. Anyway, that's the context. Let's get back to creativity. What I remember so distinctly about this time in my life were the weekly art classes. Every single week, our teacher got an afternoon off and an external art teacher would come in to run a session with my class. And I remember this so distinctly because this was really the first time that I felt recognized, that I felt warmly welcomed and made to feel like I was of value since we had arrived back in Australia. I just loved these weekly art classes. And, you know, I guess this makes a lot of sense because art is truly a universal language. You don't necessarily have an accent or a different vocabulary. You simply have pen and paper, and it makes life so simple. I just loved it. So once a week, the art teacher would come in and take our class for the afternoon and she would teach us a new technique. It was just pure bliss. It was freedom. I don't think I can stress this enough to you. (laughs) And so after several months, these weekly classes uh, soon turned their focus to a school art show that was going to be put on in the school hall. And for this art, uh, art show, each member of the class could choose their favorite technique from what we had learned over the term and create their own piece to submit to the exhibition. Being an animal lover, I of course chose uh, to do a painting of a giant pelican. (laughs) And after spending quite a lot of time sketching out my bird, I showed it to the teacher. And I remember so distinctly her reaction to it. First, she was kind of shocked, and then she laughed a little bit, and then she was almost angry. And she asked me with this really suspicious tone, where did you get that from? (laughs) When I answered that, I got it from my head. She was confused, and she followed me back to my desk and saw that I had other sketches in my art book. After seeing pages and pages of birds, she realized that actually the picture I was showing her was in fact mine. And I remember this was such a strange reaction. And what she did next was something I've never experienced before. She took my artwork, went next door and showed the teacher in the next room. Look, this bear in mind, this was the 90s. No one would be doing that these days, leaving kids unattended. But anyway, what seemed like an age, she came back into the room and she was quite excited. And she said to me, instead of doing a painting, you should do charcoal instead because pelicans were black and white. I was like, oh, of course, that makes sense. I just didn't know what charcoal was. So anyway, so she got the charcoal She sat down and she personally showed me how to do the technique because it wasn't something that we had learnt in class that term, presumably because it was so messy. And it was so very hard for me to keep it neat because of the aforementioned left-handed smudging. 
But I remember that my bird turned out so well and she was so proud of me. And when my regular teacher returned back to the classroom, she showed it to her as well. And then over the next week, my teacher showed it to the other teachers who were visiting the classroom. It was a whole thing. And I'm not really sure why it was such interest to them. But the first time in a long time, I felt really seen. I felt talented. And I really put it down to this moment for starting my love affair with creativity. After that, I felt that, you know, no matter what situation I was in or what country I lived in, my art could help me get through and it could help me bring happiness to myself and also the people around me. I really wish I still had that pelican. (laughs) I think about it often, hence this episode. It was really one of the seminal points in my life and it really made me want to become an art teacher because of the impact that teacher had on me. It set me in a whole new direction. But of course, as you progress through life, (laughs) you go from being the big fish in a little pond to a little fish in a big pond. And my next step after that was to go to high school and I went to a much bigger school than my primary school. And in this situation, you quickly realize that we'll always be someone better than you at painting or drawing or anything artistic, (laughs) really. And although that can be disheartening for some, it really just didn't sway me at all. I just loved the process and expression of it all. Although now, (laughs) sharing this story with you is kind of interesting how one teacher started my love for art and then by the end of it another teacher (laughs) at the end of high school took it away again. Art both connected me and then disconnected me. Now quite a few of the podcast guests that I've interviewed so far on Creativity Uncovered have mentioned that a way of getting back into creativity when you don't know where to start is to reflect on your childhood and what you loved doing as a kid. And this is because it can sometimes give you clues as to why you do or do not have creativity in your life. And it can also give you some clues as to where you can start if you want to put it back in. Like my story, you know, not all memories are good, but they do all have relevance to who you are today. And if you reflect back and you come across a really happy, joyful memory of a time where you were unashamedly creative as a kid, take it as a clue. Take it as a sign that you can find happiness in creativity again. (laughs) And don't worry about what others say, because you do you, you know? So... That's kind of my earliest memory of feeling as though I was a creative person. And honestly, it feels a bit weird and funny to share that with you, with some of you who I've never met. But that's what this podcast is about. It's about 
hearing from others and and hearing about how creativity has entered your life and how it may come and go throughout the journey. And I know I've asked all of my guests to share their personal stories with me, so it kind of only seems fitting that I share my story with you all, all as well. But I'd like to hear more stories. And if you can remember your earliest memory of being creative or a seminal point of creativity in your life, please do share it with me. Uh, You can send me a message or, you know what, you can submit an application to be a guest via my website. I think that through sharing stories from everyday people, I am sure that we can uncover new ways to be creative and to help encourage other people to do the same. So thank you so much for tuning into Creativity Uncovered today. I hope you enjoyed my story and that it has inspired you in some small way. (laughs) And most importantly, I hope that this helps you summon your creativity the next time that you need it. Take care. If you've made it this far, a huge thank you for your support and tuning into today's episode. Creativity Uncovered has been lovingly recorded on the land of the Cubby Cubby people, and we pay our respect to elders past, present, and emerging. This podcast has been produced by my amazing team here at Crisp Communications, and the music you just heard was composed by James Gatling. If you liked this episode, please do share it around and help us on our mission to unlock more creativity in this world. You can also hit subscribe so you don't miss out on any new episode releases.